Hi everyone, welcome back to Transported, real industry news, real industry innovation. I'm Nisha Patel and we're here to talk about all things entrepreneurship, supply chain, logistics, and technology. Today we'll be focusing on the logistics supply chain industry as a whole. Obviously, no one could have predicted what happened in 2020 and how business would change. With COVID, it presented many challenges. So we'll dig into those challenges on the industry as a whole and also see also what we see happening in 2021. In the studio with me, I have founders Vikash Patel and Will Steven. And in the Charleston office, I have founders Mahir Patel and Philip Mitchum, as well as in Charlotte, business development director Brian Evans. Hey guys, how's it going? Doing great. great. How are you? Good, Nisha. Well, great. Thank you all for taking the time to join me today. Um, so let's start with 2020. Um, obviously, March, COVID hit. Talk to us a little bit about how COVID affected the logistics supply chain industry and your business as a whole. Uh, I can start. Um, you know, for, for us, um, you know, fortunately, I guess for for our company, we're considered essential. Or you know, in what we do in energy. So, um, you know, a lot of our projects that we were that we were planning to perform upon were weren't canceled. You know, we we didn't have to close our doors or anything like that. You know, we were able to continue to perform. So we had to be a little bit nimble with um, you know navigating COVID protocols and um, you know with our staff and travel, um, but. You know, fortunately for us, we were still able to you know perform the work that we had. Um, I guess as a, as a whole, you know, there were a lot of stops and starts um, with the supply chain industry and transportation and shipping. Um, and then you know, as, as always, we kind of just rolled with the punches and, and adjusted to those, and um, you know, continued to perform on on the projects that we had. So how did it, I guess, change the way Logisticus Group did business, or did it even change? Um, you know, I, I think you know, one of the one of the biggest short-term impacts probably was um, just getting our <clears throat> employees around the country. Um, you know, our our projects take place all across the country, and so we're we're constantly traveling on airplanes and moving around. Um, and so with a lot of the, mm -hmm. like Brian said, fortunately, our, our projects uh, kept going because they were all de deemed essential, which, which is great. Um, but, you know, there was a lot of additional protocols that were taking place on project sites and travel restrictions and whatnot. So we are, it, it became a lot more difficult to, you know, win a project on a Friday and be there you know, on a, on a Monday um, or booking a last minute flight. So really had to, had to try to coordinate driving, cross country, rental cars, um, that type of thing, which um, didn't end up being, being a huge deal, just a little short term shuffle. Mm -hmm. the, uh, we had to shuffle up our, our whole staffing and um, you know, into office presence as well. Um, and then the warehouse is moving to AB schedules, um, trying to quarantine people, groups from the other group, just to uh, have a backup should something happen. Um, and one of the major challenges was that you know, with what we do being so heavy on the planning side, going over and popping into someone's office or, or over a cubicle and talking to somebody, you know, that wasn't happening as, as fluid. And so, you know, something that, you know, that never was a problem you know, being able to communicate freely became a problem and, and trying to get, you know, that same amount of fluidity and conversation and communication, 
you know, it was it was definitely a challenge. Yeah, and and as these guys mentioned, you know, we're we're very fortunate in not having a, a massive disruption into the work that we do. Um, but we we did see that you know we work for a multitude of different clients and, and customers and and each of the projects that we are involved with may have completely different rules. I think the country as a whole saw this as you know each state and each county and and each region had had sort of a rollout of different precautions and different uh, safety um, you know protocols you would need to follow and so we were faced with that quite a bit where you know we may have a couple of hundred people that we're we're managing out on a job site and that customer for that specific job site has a completely different set of rules and protocols to you know customer b that we're doing a very similar scope of work for so it really challenged our our ehs our safety team um to to ensure we're rolling out those protocols in accordance with with customer demands and customer requests that they're being followed that we're auditing them and that they're being performed properly and correctly and and consistently um so it it definitely you know challenged our team and and we're we're proud to, to say that that we rolled that out very quickly and efficiently and uh the teams were very receptive to ensuring that we we followed through with all of those So as a business, you know, you guys own this business, how how quickly were you able to adapt to that? Obviously, this is something that the country had never faced before. None of us have ever faced before. I mean, you know, you obviously had to think quickly on your feet. So what, what was that like? What was that? What take us through that process? Well, you know, um, I think the, one of the great things about having, you know, the leadership team that we have is we're already in constant communication. So, you know, we don't go very long without discussing, you know, the important business uh, at hand. So we were able to pretty quickly coordinate, like Philip said, um, our safety team did an excellent job kind of leading that communication and Paulson, you know, different places, you know, early on, there really wasn't a ton of guidance, you know, so it really was customer driven or driven by us on, you know, kind of figuring out what the best thing to do for our, our team was. So um, it was a lot of daily meetings at first and then trying to identify some of the biggest risks um, and then like uh, Vikash alluded to identifying some of our locations where we had to go to some different shifts in order to spread people out uh, but that all happened I'd say pretty quick pretty quickly yeah and I mean we we even tried things that were I guess I would say pretty innovative in that we, we provide all of our employees in office COVID tests every Monday morning, voluntary if they want to take it or not, and the response is back in 10 minutes. You know, just creating that that culture where people feel safe in an environment where, you know, if you watch a TV, everything seems pretty crazy and unsafe, um, and trying to create, you know, a an atmosphere for our employees in the office where, you know, they, they felt like coming into the office is just as safe, if not safer, than most places I could be. So, you know, Brian, I'm going to toss this question to you. You know, obviously, you know, a lot of what you do is traveling and meeting clients and potential clients face-to-face. -face. You know, if there's something you learned from that, you know, what advice can you give those other business development folks or even other companies out there who who may not have been able to be fortunate enough as you guys to, um, you know, be able to survive during COVID. But if there's any advice you could give somebody out there, like, what would that be? Is it constant communication? You know, even if it's through email, phone or text, whatever it might be? What, what, what's that piece of advice you can give somebody? 
Don't give away all the secrets, Brian. That's exactly. Oh, I, was just about, I was just about to say I can't speak to this uh, question. I can't give away the secrets. Next question. Uh, no, it's you bring up a great point, Nisha. It's uh, it's it's been extreme. I mean, it's been extremely challenging. Um, and and it's across the board, right? You gotta you gotta take a step back and think about your your end customer or who you're trying to reach, and and understand that everybody has a different situation at work at home. You know, are they in the office? Are they not? Are they in a closet working? Um, you know, it's uh, you, you got to be respect of, respectful of their situation. So, you know, m my tact was really to kind of take a diversity of approaches. And you kind of mentioned it, be it, you know, uh, email, phone, text, um, video, if possible, um, and, and just try to stay in front of them and, and be respectful of, you know, again, of their time. And it, it is it is unfortunate because I think, you know, as a company, we've always been um, really fortunate to have great discussions and, you know, lunches or dinners with, with customers and, and partners. And, and that's where we've been able to maybe innovate and come up with some ideas or learn new information. But um, like I said, I think just the diversity of, of the approach and, and really making yourself available kind of across all those spectrums. Yeah, and um, just to add to that too, obviously we're not traveling nearly as a team. That you know, the five of us travel quite quite a bit. Um, so not being able to do that, we really pivoted to more of a, a marketing strategy, more so than we ever have in the past as well. So we took some of those funds and, and applied it in a different way. Yeah, we we generally in a conference will get to see anywhere from 100 to 200, maybe even 300 potential clients times five to six conferences a year you know that's 1200 uh, you know plus people that we didn't get a chance to get face to face with and trying to bridge that gap you know via email zoom and and whatever it may be would have been extremely difficult if we just used traditional communication methods and so you know really enlisting a marketing solution and a marketing team to to re focus those funds in a way that we could still get out there t touching in and at least contacting those those 1200 people that we missed an opportunity by not being able to see face to face mm -hmm. okay that's great so obviously 2020 a lot happened 20 we're now in 2021 you know president biden just said the other day that every single person in this country will be vaccinated by the end of may do you, how do you, where do you foresee the, the supply chain and logistics industry in this 2021? Do you, do you still envision the same way it will be in 2020, which is virtually no conferences, very limited traveling, or do you see it different? We've had, I think we've had a lot of discussion about this. You know, every, I think everybody can, can sympathize to a trip that they didn't get to take or, you know, a, a yearly trip that the family you know, it's been tradition and it was, they weren't able to do it. And so there's a lot of pent up demand, you know, just that type of travel. So you go across the, the gamut, you got pent up demand, you know, in the, in, the, in the corporate world for travel as well to go see customers. But also there's a lot of things that companies haven't been able to do. Um, so, you know, trying to think about and identify what are those pent up demands gonna be and how's it gonna translate to, impacting the 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 uh, supply chain in the United States I mean we saw it with toilet paper right you know in 2020 mm -hmm. 
what are we going to see it as in 2021 when everybody gets starting to move and everybody's out of their homes and they're, they're ready to mingle again? Sure. And that's what we're trying to work to identify. Yeah, I think, um, you know, to Vikasha's point, I think you're going to have a tremendous amount of people that are ready to get out and, um, you know, network again with, with their colleagues, friends, suppliers, customers. Um, what I, what I'm kind of interested to see is what are, what are companies, you know, approaches to that? Are they going to be as eager to, um, spend that money that they haven't spent over the last year? Um, so we, I mean, we are seeing a lot of conferences that are projected to be late Q3 and Q4. Um, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll certainly participate unless something major changes between now and then. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to, you know, the opportunity to, um, you know, I guess maybe not shake hands anymore, but fist bump or whatever the uh, latest and greatest greeting is uh, at those conferences. So do you, do you guys, I guess, foresee any challenges this year? I mean, obviously, given COVID, given the pandemic, or even, you know, if if let's say that everyone in this country is vaccinated by the end of May and, you know, everything opens up, you know, do you, do you foresee any challenges or do you think business will go as usual? I, I'll, I'll run with this one, uh, Nisha. I think for us, business will go pretty much uh, per usual. You know, one thing um, we've talked about, it. you know, we don't, a lot of what we do is not very commoditized, but one thing, um, that, you know, listeners may not be aware of is, you know, this e- the e-commerce boom, you know, and, and all of the the orders, you know, that we're all making on Amazon or, or Walmart or wherever it is that you buy, it's cre- created a tremendous amount of imports, um, you know, across the country. And we're seeing, you know, traditional container ships coming into to Long Beach and, and sitting at anchor for, for days upon weeks. Um, you know, at any time there could be 20 to 30 ships, you know, waiting to be um, discharge. So, um, there's best, there's definitely been some disruption, you know, because of that. Um, I, I was, you know, I expect that to normalize, but I think for our business, you know, it'll, it'll be a, a lot of the same, um, type of projects, um, you know, type of, uh, um, offerings that we give, uh, on, you know, from 2020. Okay. You know, I, you know, I, I think it's great that, you know, obviously you guys had a challenge in 2020 because you had staff kind of all over the country, but you were able to kind of figure that out and, you know, also bring in more business as that happened. So, uh, so I think it's fabulous how you guys have been able to, to do that and share with our listeners, you know, give them some, some advice on, you know, what, what you guys did that maybe they can incorporate into their own business. So thank you again all for joining me here to talk about this. Um, seems like you rolled with the punches in 2020, but you guys have some great things happening coming up. So don't forget to subscribe to Transport It on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to follow Logisticus Group on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.